Hello everyone, this is Kaprogman and with me as always is Squidgy. Say hello Squidgy. Hello Squidgy. The episode you're about to listen to is actually, um, it's become a three-parter. We actually recorded for over four hours. The first part we managed to cut down to about two hours, but then we realised that's way too long for anyone to sit and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, even for me, it was too long for me to listen to. Um, so what I've done is I've cut it down to about one hour twenty-five. And we'll put the full version on our Patreon uh, page. That's uh, patreon.com slash waffleandtailers. There's a whole bunch of other stuff on there for people who pledge. But if you pledge $1 a month, you get the full version of part one of this episode. So with that said, on with the show. Say hello, Squidgy. Say hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Oh, what a day I've had. I mean, seriously. Hang on. What's that? Don't look at me like that. What do you mean, don't look at you like that? Hang on. I can smell brake fluid, sadness, and bring. He's out, isn't he? What you mean? He's he escaped. Yeah, B's out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I let him out earlier on today. I didn't. He didn't escape. Why? I think he served his time. He knows what he's done. He, he's repented. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. He written. Have you learned your lesson? I apologise for nothing. Hey. Taylor's podcast. I am Gaprogman and with me as always is Squidgy. Say hello Squidgy. Hello Squidgy. Hello Squidgy indeed. And with us again, it's been ages since he was last on, but with us again it's me. Well last time I was on it ended up getting split into three parts. I can see why you spaced out my appearances. Hello everyone. Bob <laughs> Batten kept you trapped in a dungeon because you know what you've done. Yeah that's true. I apologise for nothing. Mm. Don't repeat it and you'll have your freedom. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Okay, so... Um, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> so, as always, this is the Waffle Intellers podcast. We talk about video games and our thoughts and dreams and hopes and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time ever, welcome. Uh, if you're not, then also welcome. Um, we if you're not tuning in. Yeah, if you're not tuning in, then I'm not going to welcome you. It's that simple. I, I mean, Squidgy might, but I'm not. If you're not listening, then you're not welcome. It's that simple. We'll just use the power of thought transference to welcome you That's into it. the podcast you're not listening Someone to. Someone get on to uh, Charles Xavier. Get him on the phone. Right, um, yeah, so <laughs> so if you're listening for the very first time, this is a uh, podcast by uh, two brothers, that's me, Gabrogman, and Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. That's the one. Um, <laughs> and we are brothers, and we talk about all sorts of video game nonsense. Uh, we've had people on, uh, guests on in the past, and we've talked with them about uh, nonsense. We've had B on in the past. Uh, he was part He was part of a uh, pre-Christmas special episode that we put out. It was in three parts. It was called Switch, Please. And I'd recommend that you go back and have another listen to that because it is amazing. It's loads of fun. We talk about N- Nintendo Switch. Do you remember? Nindos! Yeah, yes. We talk about Nindo and uh, we talked about... What else did we talk about? We talked about... Zombie Girl School Hunter. Uh, Zombie Girl School Hunter, yeah. And that was loads of fun. Which, um, at which point, B almost left the room about four times. I mean, it was understandable, in fairness. I saw what that game was about and I think it haunted me for the rest of that month, at least. Well, but that, I, I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, you had a nice Christmas then, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean... That, sat there rocking in a corner that is the miracle <laughs> of Christmas ringing in the new year <laughs> good god 
<laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, so if you're new to the podcast, what we usually talk about is video game stuff. We usually sort of do a, a little round table to discuss the games we've recently been playing, and then we'll talk about anything that kind of piques our interest. Uh, Squidgy's got some stuff he wants to bring in that he's not prepped me or B about, so this is going to be interesting. Some of the stuff that I'm bringing in, I have prepped Squidgy and B about. Lies, so. subterfuge. Yes, those two. But yeah, so we'll 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 do a bit of roundtable talk about some of the games we've been playing and all that kind of stuff. We sometimes bring in things like gamer confessions, and uh, we're I'm trialing something. We're going to trial something where we're asking the audience. So you um, lovely people, you lovely lovely people. What we usually do is we send out a tweet, uh, maybe a day or so before we record, so they give you a chance to come up with uh, any suggestions or questions that you want to ask us. Because Squidgy does have a pretty encyclopedic knowledge. Of uh, video games, and I think it's, between, it's not full on. To be fair, I think between the three of us, we have a lot of video game knowledge and experience. So I'm sure there's something we can understand uh, that we can understand. Um, but I mean, hopefully, we can understand it. I'm struggling uh, to understand English you is good. <laughs> English is good. Like I said on a live coding stream I did the other day, I can am um, English very goodly all the time. <laughs> they were a tight ship, and I just cling on like a limpet crab to the bottom, holding on for dear life. Olympic crabs? Limpet crab. Not I thought Olympic. you said Olympic. <laughs> Olympic crabs? <laughs> they, oh won, they won the gold in swimming, but they didn't do so well in the high jump. <laughs> you know? A lot you know. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes the limpet crab from Australia. And he's going for the sand. He's going for the jump now. Nope, nope. He literally cannot jump. He's just stuck in... No, he's, he's, he's just he's nesting in the he's, sand. He's found an empty can. Um, it turns out he's not in the Olympic Stadium. He's just on Brighton Pleasure Beach. Um, the Olympics should be a Brighton Pleasure Beach. <laughs> that would be the worst. Could, could we have like, could we have like donkey racing? The donkey racing. And now for the Olympic three-legged sprint, the fathers are all there with their sons. Some of them, their guts hanging out in that famous Olympic shape. <laughs> okay, so this section we're going to call um, British <laughs> Olympic sports. So imagine that the Olympics were entirely British, right? Every time that they, that they now, what they do now is when you, as a country, when you host the Olympics, you can add a sport. It's the pie and mash toss. It's uh, replacing can, the discus throw this year. Can, 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 can we just do what we haven't said? Can we just have a morning bus queue? Yeah, yeah, we could have we win gold. Olympic queuing. We could have yeah. the egg and spoon race. We could have the three-legged race. We could probably, probably, depending on which part of the country it's in, if it's in the north, we could have the Olympic racism championships. Uh, if it's in the south, we could probably have the Olympic being a tough No, no, you, if it's in the north, you could have like um, like an eating championship, but it's everything deep fried. Uh, no, that would be in Scotland. So that would be the uh, no. deep frying championships. You know, because Scotland's north of Cakeland, where we are now. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. If it was Newcastle um, hosting it, we could also have, like, where they put them all into a freezer and they keep turning the cold up and the first one to put a shirt on loses. There you go, you yeah. see. There you go. Yeah. So we could do I lose instantly. Of, yeah, we could do it. So that could be a thing. I don't know. I like maybe. it took us less than 10 minutes to get on a segue. Nothing to do with games whatsoever. We're doing well, lads. We're doing well. Yes. You should go back and listen to Chief. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got uh, an hour in last time before we actually got round to what we've been playing. That is very an good hour point. in, but that's fine. That's not a problem. <laughs> it's fine. So what we're going to do is in a short circuit all of that straight away. Unless Squidgy's got something he wants to talk about right now from some of the things he's bringing in. No, 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 no. 
No, okay. So why don't we go around the table talk about the games we've been playing recently uh, since since we last did a podcast, since we were last on the podcast. So we'll start with our illustrious guest, B. B, what have you been playing recently? Illustrious, that's a name I wouldn't give myself whatsoever. Illustrious. <laughs> so, Only because you don't I'll, know what it means. Illustrious guest. <laughs> okay, so I've been playing three games this week, well, this month, I guess. Um, unsurprisingly, two of them are on the Nintendo Switch. I said I apologise for nothing, bringing it up straight away once again. Um, and one of them is on the PlayStation. And yes, I'm bringing up the Nintendo Switch again because that's what I do. Um, the main one I think I'll talk about will be uh, nin- Nintendo Mario. It would be Mario Tennis Aces for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a Mario game. It's a tennis game. Um, there's some interesting stuff in the news, obviously, at the moment, where people are trying to get refunds because it won't let you play tennis. Um, it's not entirely true. Uh, the uh, it's, like it's rounds. It, well, it's because it won't let. Well, they're arguing that you can't play classic tennis in terms of. I think it's like three games, three sets, like a long, proper long game mm. of tennis. It's a very arcade thing, um, but. I mean, that aside, it's very entertaining. Um, I, I'm not a huge... Um, Steady on. <laughs> I'm not a long-term fan of Mario Tennis in that I've not played many of the others. But I'm enjoying this one so far. It's got a very nice mechanic um, that is, keeps it quite interesting um, on the non clack because you can play normal tennis where it's just about your shots, like backspin, topspin, etc. Or you can play the mode that uh, basically you charge up your power by holding down a button before you press it. And if you charge your power enough, you can do things called star shots or a power shot. And those power shots, if you hit them correctly and you don't return them or they don't get returned, mm. uh, it can shatter the racket. And if you hit the racket three, th- opponent's racket three times, the racket breaks and they lose, doesn't matter what points they're on. It's an interesting mechanic to introduce into a tennis game. Kind of like a destruction derby type thing. Sort of. It turns the game very much into, as a lot of my peers have said, into a sort of beat-em-up because you're kind of working out the strategy of how How best... To smash their rackets. To smash their rackets, yeah. If if you're on a losing streak because because you can't win from the points or whatever, from the the classic tennis equipment instead. Yeah. Um, And that's the only other issue, really, is that there's not a great deal to say about it. It's got a story mode. Um, I've been told it's much better than... Uh, the Wii U Mario Tennis. Um, I can't remember what that was called off the top of my head, but um, uh, it's, it's a bit more fun. But it's still, at the, at the end of the day, it is a Mario Tennis game. So the, obviously you're playing a lot of tennis. The, the mini games in the story are pretty fun so far from what I've played. I'm only about a third of the way through the story maybe at the moment. Um, Tries to teach you the various mechanics such as the smashing of the... Uh, Smash the end, some boss fights, which oh. are quite interesting to play. Um, they involve like skill shots and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a full online suite, etc., of tournament play, online play, and that's quite fun for for what it is. Um, there is a bit of a problem at the moment because a lot of people pick Boo, and Boo has this ability to care shots in such an annoying manner. So it's... a bit like um, one of the Mortal Kombat games where everyone played as Raiden. Yeah, so yeah. that's or, but... or Noob Cybot if you play Ultimate Mortal. Very Kombat. much, yes. Yeah. So. There's a bit of balancing issues, but Nintendo are constantly, as they are, have been with a lot of their games, are constantly updating it. So the, the, the balancing, nerfing certain things. Exactly. Pretty much like every Street Fighter that came out. Pretty but, much, yes, yes. And there's going to be new, uh, new not fighters, new tennis players, Diddy Kong's coming at the end of the month. Okay, so a quick question. Can you play as Yoshi? 
Uh, yes. I mean, he's in, yeah, he's in there in this one. <laughs> as long as I um, blame Joshi. There's also, of course, like a motion control mode uh, where you can use the Joy-Cons uh, one at a time to hit the racket, which takes away the... You don't have to move with the joystick to get in position. It'll automatically put you in the right position, and then you just swipe it back. If you prefer playing that way, that's a separate mode. You can't do that in the story mode. So, quick tangent real fast. Yes. Um, I remember... <laughs> Progman was telling me he was at a friend's house on the weekend out originally Ooh. and they played Wii Tennis and they're all getting a bit slozzled, uh, tipsy, as it were. And he convinced the people that, that you could move your little Wii character by pushing the D pad on the remote. As I it? told them that yeah, you move the Wii character by running around the room. Oh, oh. <laughs> it, yeah. Wow. That, that <laughs> must have been um, a couple of collisions. It, yeah, it was fun. That's both brilliant and slightly evil at the same time. Yes. I like I like that, <laughs> yeah. 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 well, there was drinking involved. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you do, isn't it? So what's the other two you've been playing? Uh, the other two games I've been playing. Um, I've been playing Call of Duty Black Ops 3 on PlayStation 4. Um, sounds like I'm coming a bit late to it. I am indeed, but that's because it's free on PS Plus and I am a cheap bastard. <laughs> Um, I thought that bit of swearing was okay for your podcast. No, that's fine. I just like it as a little bit. <laughs> I, yes, I, I am. I am very cheap, so I, I take it. I downloaded that while I was uh, away last week, and yeah, I mean, it's a Call of Duty game it's, again. It's, it's pretty it's, much playing vanilla across the board, isn't it? Really, Call of Duty. Um, they, well, they had a couple of things like oh, plays a dog. Yeah, plays a mech. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, so Call of Duty gets a bit of flack for releasing the same thing after year, year after year. Again, because I'm because I got this free with my PS Plus subscription, I don't feel like I've been ripped off or anything. And for if you're playing like on that basis, it's fine, you know. It's a well, it, well, not well, well, it's a shooter. It does what it does very well. It's it does slick. What it says on the tin, yeah, and it's good for like a mindless blast and stuff. Haven't played barely any of the story. Multiplayer is what it is. It's a fun thingy. I'm a uh, fun. Match. Zombie was pretty good in there. Zombie was quite It's this is the one with Jeff Goldblum and Heather Graham, um, Ron Perlman. Oh, and yeah, the other guy plays, who I can't remember. He plays one of the four characters and you got to, it's like voodoo. Yes, yes. And then there's a whole lot of do this to do this, like a Rube Goldberg machine to try and get further it's, it's, in the zombies. Kind of, it's kind of sort of like steampunk meets Lovecraftian, really. Pretty much, it's, yeah. And yeah. like, the, it's, it's alright. Yeah, Sorry, I did like it's it. nothing particularly exciting, um, but it's you know if you like Call of Duty, it's a Call of Duty game. Um, mm. I haven't, uh, I haven't played one since uh, Advanced Warfare as well, so I can't really comment on if it's any better or worse than World War One. Uh, but it, like I say, it oh, does what it says. Yeah, it does. Uh, no, World War One, the newest one. Uh, oh, World yeah, War yeah, was yeah, sorry, like a f- fair few back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's. it's it's competent, does what it does. Um, like I said, I've been on, I'll, uh, I should explain that, I've also been on holiday for two weeks not long ago, so I'm kind of in that, um, I've been in kind of that period where I've not been buying any new games because it was before E3 when I went away on a holiday, and then stuff came out obviously over, over E3, and I haven't had a chance to catch up yet, so I'm kind of in that limbo state where I've been, uh, well, I should be playing stuff in my backlog, but instead, mm. again, you know, free stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the last game I've been playing is, I mean, it's in the news. It's obvious. It's Fortnite. Um, hmm. It came up for the Nintendo Switch at E3. And, um, of course, I downloaded it. And it's funny enough that I didn't really 
get too into it when it was on the PS4. That's when I first played it. Um, and yet, with the Switch version, it feels more... I've, I've really got into it a lot more than the previous version, and so far that as we even bought the Battle Pass um, this month, for last, last month's Battle Pass for the season currently running, which at the time of recording is four. Um, and I have now earned enough V-Bucks to get my season five pass for free. I do like that in games. Which is good stuff in game to unlock actual content. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a good, uh, a good use of the free to play there because mm. the more you play it, then you can unlock your access to the next season for free. And it's just cosmetic stuff. There's nothing, you know, you don't buy any particular advantage. And yeah, this time I've really kind of got into it and it helps. I think it's helped that one, the challenges. That when you buy a battle pass, you get challenges to do, um, such as you that don't require you to win for a start. So it's stuff like open this many chests in this area, um, find the hidden MacGuffin in this area, um, try to get to the disco ball with your squad and for and get to the top ten, get to the top twenty, and and a lot more than just win the game, which is as something who somebody who is not particularly brilliant at Battle Royale games is a relief for me because mm. it doesn't require me to actually have no I think the closest I've ever got and this is it this was in PUBG is third place is the best I've ever got. I've, I don't think I've ever got a chicken dinner or a winning royale, whatever it's called in Fortnite. Mm. Um also handy is the updates with like little bonus modes. So currently at the, again at the time of recording there's a fifty versus fifty mode going on where you got 50 people versus 50 people, and because of that, I can hide my incompetence behind 49 other people who can carry me to victory, and I feel like I've achieved something. Until now, everyone's going to know. Oh, yes, well, I think they already <laughs> knew when ever they see me dropping in on the uh, on the battlefield. <laughs> I, 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 um, before it was like Battlegrounds, when it was Fortnite, and it was... Um, That's the Save the World. Yeah, um, Save version, the World, yeah. Zombies Take Over, you've got to build fortifications and fighting back all in one go. You know, real quick. Me and Ike played that, and I really enjoyed that. But it, it's it's not a two play; it's a four play game. It has to be, and I have the bad luck of finding the people on when I play online who don't have a headset, and they won't tell you what they're doing. Despite the fact there's a quick chat thing and, and the controls, they won't tell you what they're doing. They, they don't have a headset, and they will start waves whenever they want. They, they don't. I mean, there's there's a set amount of communication you've got to do, even if you're playing more randoms, but they just absolutely refused. And it got to a point where, I mean, I just thought, I'll just go with it and I'll follow them. And it ended up being they would start stuff, they would sort of chicken out, move back and leave me to do everything. And it really annoyed me, but I, I got quite far into that because I did like it. But it's, it's I, I don't know, I'm I'm not... That much of a multiplayer game? I was going to say, I think that's an issue with most player games. I mean, us around the table would probably say that uh, we're not huge multiplayer people. Like, we don't play a lot of multiplayer games. That's not well, like our... friends. Exactly. We, we mainly... Guess, distributed online multiplayer games. Yeah. Like, if we had Mario Party, we'd play that together. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. God 964, play that together. You know, they, that's sort of where you can all sit in the same room. And yeah, it's loads of fun, and you can communicate with each other if you're playing cooperatively, or you can like nudge each other, or yeah. you know, do that kind of stuff. Like, like RC Copter, back yeah, in the day so on PS1. That that is a fantastic a example. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry about quick tangents; it's what we do. So yeah, so like uh, there was a PlayStation game called I think I'm pretty sure it was called RC Copter, yeah, or RC, RC Copter. Copter Pro or something. Yeah. And um, as you're playing, you can hit R1, I think, if. 
sorry, as the other person is playing. So it's like a, you take a turn. So it's a turn-based game. So you do your challenge and then someone else does their challenge. And whilst the other person is playing on your controller, if you win R1, a CGI hand comes across the screen and blocks the view. Just to, you know, just to yeah, add that element was, of stupidity. It, it was the first game I played on the PS1 where it fully utilised the PS1 DualShock controller. So yeah. you had, you had like helicopter controls, like movement steering and stuff, but it was both the thumbsticks. And it's quite hard to get used to. And you could have like beginner mode cops as well. They had the massive prongs, made it easier. Yeah. And then you had none whatsoever where if you tilted it so long, it just crashed. Yeah. But, but going screaming back to the plot. Um, There's a plot. I, I've I've heard a lot of good things about Fortnite on the Switch, basically because it's very pick up and play friendly. Yes, very yeah. very pick up and play. You don't have to sit down in front of a, a with a pad in your hand with a massive screen. You can just pick it up and play wherever. Exactly, yeah. and that's exactly. I think I've been more um, susceptible to oh, why I've, why, I've, why I've got more into the Switch version than I did the PS4 version. Mm. Um, it's the rounds are short enough that you can just pick up play. Feel like you're achieving something, especially with the um, with the challenges and stuff, um, while something else is happening. So mm. you know, because of the switch's possibility, I can just pop it out of the dock, play something while, say, I'm working on a thing or uh, something's downloading. Well, not necessarily something's downloading because it's an online game, <laughs> but at least multitask to a degree. Yeah, and thing with the switch, and it's yeah, as I say, having quite a lot of fun with it. Um, I will also say that um, there also, is also blokes can multitask. It's what? Not a, it's it's not a myth. It's just we do stuff that doesn't seem useful. Well, but we can multitask. Just add a, a push. Just because you burp and fart at the same time. Does not mean <laughs> it takes skill to do that. I might add real skill. I, th- I think for me, it's managing to you know sneeze and still turn on my um, switch at the same time without you know, causing myself a prolapse. Or, or, or headbutting something like. Oh, I, I, I head something when I'm after I've put the switch in the dock and I'm trying to get back up to a seating position. <laughs> like, Oof, yeah. under the desk. Yeah. It's not a good breath for it. I'll also say that um, I've literally just bought. So I haven't had actually a chance to play um, Jurassic World Evolution, the park builder of the PC, um, and I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that because I've had good things. Cool. One of the things I don't get about the Mario Tennis, I don't want to say controversy, but I guess that's what it is, is it's an arcade game. It's advertised as an arcade game. It's not advertised as a tennis simulation. And people are complaining that it's not a tennis simulation. That's exactly. It's because it's got tennis in the name, there are a small group of people. And it's been reported on the news, small group of people on Reddit that are wanting refunds for the game because they believe because it has tennis in the title, it has to be a tennis simulator. <laughs> and it's like... With with the exception of paint, what Mario game is a simulation? Exactly. exactly. They're all arcadey. Well, exactly. I mean, That's the... Complaining <laughs> that a Mario tennis game doesn't give you the ability to play a full-blown X number of sets games of Mario... Of, of tennis, sorry. It's, it's like complaining that the medicine on a house isn't real. Or that the science in Star Trek isn't real. Well, on, on a on a similar note, I would love to see these people these people's reaction to Surgeon Simulator. Yes, because that is absolutely not a simulator, <laughs> an accurate simulation of what it's like to be a surgeon. Oh yeah, and I'm not a surgeon, but I'm pretty sure I can talk with confidence. If you've played that game, I think you know what I mean. Who, who, who would do surgery in the back of a van anyway? Well, I mean, exactly, back back, you know, or in space. 
Indeed, Ooh, in space. Surgery so in space. Is that not what Trump wants to do with his space force? Space easy, force. easy. <laughs> that's all I'm going to go. I just Good. need to mention that. He's nipping the political talk in the bud. Good. Good. As, yeah. as, uh, well, so speaking of political, um, stop. I've been wor- I've been working on news um, this week for videogamer.com. Is it real news quick, or fake? Real news. news. Oh, um, quick plug. Are you sure? And one of the things announced this week is. Um, you know Shaq Fu, the um, yes, the Shaq I love Fu this remake. I, yeah. That oh, not remake. Yeah, I think so it's like a new sequel that has mm. come out at the start of this month. So single, single player. Um, single yeah, I believe so. I love this story. They announced a DLC, their new DLC at the time of recording yesterday, and the new DLC for the game is called um, Barack Fu, and stars Barack Obama. Former president of the United States. Okay, I need to get this game and play it. And it's called The Legend of Dirty Barry. And it literally, the plot says Barack Obama, um, in his retirement post presidency, has, uh, hears about uh, a group of assassins assassinating political leaders around the world. And the only one who can stop him is Barack Obama and his assortment of weapons and his Barack Fu. And he also can call it a drone strike. I need to play this game. You really, really do. I think I really do need to. I play think you this need game. to play it for the next podcast. I think. Mm, fair if enough. You get, if you get the chance, if you get the chance, don't worry. About it. <laughs> so, so, Squidgy, what have you been playing? Then? Oh, I've been playing. Um, well, apart from for some reason because it won't start, I'm going to have to figure it out. Uh, Tekken Seven. Yes. There's a reason why I got that. I'll get to it in a second. So you've had some but issues with that. I've, I've had some issues with that. I'm going to try and fix them, and that's I'm. I'm I'm going to plug a future blog post in a second, but I'll, I'll go okay. on to what games I've been playing. I've played... How do you pronounce it, B? What was it? Near Automata? That's the one. Near Tomato. I like to think of it as... Near Tomato. Yeah, but Near Tomatoes. Near Tomato or a cabbage. Near Tomato or Cabbage Edition. And no, it's it's recently... I wanted to play it originally on the PS4, but mine currently is... Out of action? Yeah, pretty much. It, okay. it only plays certain games, so it's been really iffy, and I've had it for a while, so I'm probably going to have to replace okay. it. So it was originally on the PS4, and that was without the DLC. The, the X-Bone version's got the DLC with it, which is it Become God's Edition or something? It Become God's Edition that recently, as of the time of recording, released last week on yeah. the Xbox. So it's, it's got all that built in, and I got it, I downloaded it, it took a while, um, and I, I had a, a quick, quick play on it the other day. Holy crap! The just the music it sets the scene. I mean, it's Square Enix. Okay, so, so before you continue, give us the name of a track that listeners should track down if they're listening to the podcast right now and they want to hit pause and get a sample of the best tune you've heard so far. So, like a level, or it's just the intro. Okay, so the intro music, it's just the intro music. Okay. Um, it instantly sets the scene. storytelling is very you sort of jump you throw it in the deep end okay. at the beginning and it sort of sets it up with a, an intro cutscene right? um, and the the best way I can describe the game is bullet hell roguelike twin stick shooter arcade action quite difficult at times fast paced okay all in one go Ooh. okay so I mean, it sort of goes from action arcade to twin stick shooter because you, you're a, you're a, a soldier robot, and at certain points you're in like a mech. Oh, right. But 
apart from those two distinctions, it's all in one go. So it's a twin stick shooter, arcade action, very hard, very fast paced game. All in one go. From what I've experienced so far, and it's got RPG elements as well. So if you were to design the box art, it would literally just be Squidgy says, buy this game because it's holy crap brilliant. And it is a twin stick shooter, bullet hell, arc action RPG, play it loads of times because it's loads of fun, video yeah. game, buy it now quick. You're not buying it fast enough, why aren't you buying this game? Seriously, you're not buying this game fast enough. I'm watching you through a camera buy this bloody game. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I just want to point out real quick, obviously that this is your opinion of this game. Yeah. And I'm going um, to do a BBC moment. There are, of course, other games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, you know, just so yeah. that people don't think that we're being sponsored. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying that it's like the best game in the world, but it's for me, it's very fresh. Okay. Um, because um, it, it's kind of, I can describe it as a very doable Dark Souls. Oh, okay. So it's because kind of Dark, Dark Souls, Souls light? It's, it's, it, yeah, it's very Dark Souls like because Dark Souls is... You 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 nip and you jump into the level. You turn the wrong way down the corridor. You get your butt kicked. Yes. You don't get told why, and then you have to learn. Which it's is... it's very sort of you 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 learn the game, and it is rewarding, but it's difficult, but okay. it's doable. That's... We should mention that the developer of Near Automata is Platinum Games, who are of course very very um, established in this sort of action um, yeah. action games such as Bayonetta. Such as I was just about to mention, Vanquish. it's very Bayonetta-esque. Yeah, yeah, so it's that sort of combat, um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, the sort of yeah. difficult but doable, doable, do- doable combat. For, for me, most of the time, it's it's I, I do something, I get through by the skin of my teeth, and I think, how the living hell did I do that? And then <laughs> someone else jumps at me. Um, so if you imagine sort of like the, the 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 combat style from Bayonetta, but at any point. You can, while you're attacking, you've got a little robot that's hovering over you, and you can use him as a. You can shoot. Is as well. there a combat style in Bayonetta? Because I remember when I played Bayonetta, I just literally jammed every single button, just sat there and just ran my thumbs over the buttons. Yeah, and I eventually won the so, game. Sort of, sort of like Sega you Wrist style. Did play on easy, didn't you? On on presumably and anything high and easy. I believe even yourself. the what the first game did not have an auto mode, didn't it? Easy was the auto mode. Oh, the, the, it did the combos itself. You so, you're, so you're telling me all I basically did was watch the game get played in front of me? Yes. Pretty much. Okay, I can yeah. deal with that. Yeah. I can deal with um, it. If you go on the hard difficulty, I mean, there's a lot of nuance and, and, and especially, especially like, timing. Yeah, and then yeah. if you change weapons, then you. A whole um, new combo set. Yeah, entirely I mean, new. It's like, a very pretty so. game to have basically sat and watched through. And, you know, Bayonetta kicks butt, so. Second I'm one's gonna, even better. I'm gonna rep- I, I mean, the character, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to repeat myself, but. Bayonetta 1 and 2 get them on Nintendo Switch because they are fantastic. I, I, I got the second one. Um, yeah. not, not, I've been playing it recently. We we, we, we play co-op, didn't we? We, yeah. we figured out how to find each other and I had the standard equipment. You had chainsaws yeah. on your feet and you beat me every time, that kind of thing. Ooh. But to, to go screaming back to the plot... Um, <laughs> oh, I will n- also say, the um, is it the prologue, that you, the music that you was on about? Yeah, the prologue. So the very beginning, it's a prologue. The name um, of the song is called Alien Manifestation. Oh, thanks for that. Thank Alien you, B. Um, but it, it's at any point while, you, while you're, you're playing, you can use whatever you're on, the, the right stick and one of the shoulder buttons, and you can use the little robot that you've got to twin, sh- twin stick you at any point. Uh-huh. Um, you can lock on as well, but it's sort of a lot of the, a lot of the game goes from like third person camera angle to completely top down to third person, and it keeps flipping between them, so you get like fresh views of everything. Yeah. Um, and one thing I haven't tried yet, but once because it's it's um, a very military esque, 
So um, you keep getting permission to do stuff and you get taught various things. And one of the things you can do once you get past the prologue is if you click both sticks in, you can self-destruct. Because <laughs> you're a robot and your consciousness is in the base above Earth and you're, you're fighting to get Earth back, basically. But I haven't tried that yet, but I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sure that'll be an achievement. So boom, boom. But my question would be, right, it has all of these different elements and genre elements yeah. for different genres of games. And you said you could push a trigger and do twin stick shooting. It sounds like the controls would be really complex. No, they're not actually, because the, the, the shooting's like, I've got an expo, and so it's left bumper. Okay, so you basically just hold that button down. Yeah, yeah I, I've done that when I was trying to get used to the, the combat style. So you hold left bumper down, it's wherever you're sort of looking at, especially when it's third person, mm-hmm. it'll start shooting. So you can use it if someone's using ranged attacks against you. You can either shoot their bullets out the air, or you can stop them while you're closing the distance. Right, and when you're going like top down... Yes. While you're closing the distance, you're avoiding a lot of bullets. That's where the bullet hell comes in. You're trying to dodge them bullets, trying to stop them shooting, then close the distance. Okay. And you can upgrade like your physical attack, your ranged attack as well. You, you all the usual stuff. RPG yeah. Stats. Um, I haven't got very far in it. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of new mechanics for like leveling up and making new equipment and upgrading your like your mech rig, that kind of thing. So I haven't got very far in it, but it is it is very very. Um, it's very fast paced. There's there's a lot of shiny. Oh, you know, this is beautiful scenery while you're whizzing through it at the speed of sound. Yes. You know, um, but it's it's something I had very long to play with, but I'm going to enjoy playing. Okay. Um, I will say it's a little bit. I mean, it's not entirely spoilery, but that it's again there's something very interesting with its endings that will yeah, require there's multiple, a replay. There? Yeah, there's there's a lot of replayability because yeah. there's there's I think there's like over 15 endings. Yes. Yeah. And, and they're kind of linked into each other so you're encouraged to play through it more than once. And when you when you replay it when you get an ending you replay it you keep all your equipment so you can Ah, so it's kind of like a new almost like a new game plus. Yeah. But to, to get, get all the endings elements. you've got to keep going through it. And, yeah. But obviously there's a few times through you'll have better equipment so you can get through the bits that you've already done quicker and then get to so kind of the original game near uh, on a 360, did a similar thing where um, yeah, they had like six endings. Yeah, and then and they, it would, the very last ending that you would do. So this is spoilers for like a twelve-year-old game, fifteen-year-old game. Spoiler alert. Um, is that what they? I think one of the last ones you do, uh, or the last endings, you realise that you have to. Um, you're, you're given a choice. And to save, I think it's to save like a, a, a woman that you've been trying to save all along. But to do that, you will have to delete your data. And by that, I mean literally delete your data. Not a thing that's like your your options are bad ending where it's, I think it's you become evil or good ending, but you have to delete your data, which will include by that point, I think five or six complete playthroughs. So like you're talking delete the save game. Like delete the save, save game forever. So delete the save file, you get the good ending, and then you've got no proof that you've got the good ending. Yes, yeah, other than like an achievement. achievement, I think. Yeah. So, so kind of like um thing at um, DDLC, Doki Doki Literature Club, you know you've got to go in and delete stuff. To, it's yeah, kind of like that, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's pretty cool. So I've been playing that, and here we go, plug for a future blog, blog post. A um, couple of weeks ago, I got a link from... Good prog man, guy yes. sat over there. And he knows for a fact that for a while I've contemplated making my own little arcade cabinet. Yes. And I've, I've tried to come up with plans and how I do it. And you, I, I asked you because you, you mentioned things like the Raspberry Pi would be powerful enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. So like one of the, the cool things that I, uh, so I mean, it's no secret I'm a developer. 
That's not a big secret, and it's not a... <gasps> dun, what? Dun, dun, oh, my God. I just thought you were a voice talking inside my head all this time. That's it, right? No, this is a group hallucination. Oh, not again. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I need to stop uploading these to the internet. That's it. Um, so, uh, one so it's you who's been doing it. <laughs> the voices in my head tell me to burn things. <laughs> that might be the episode title. I don't know. Um, but one of the things that I that I do is I keep up with development news, and the way that, that I do that is I read all these blogs and stuff. And one of the one of the developers that I I read a lot. That sounds wrong, but he writes a blog. Yeah. So you, yeah, you read an author that, don't you? that you keep track keep track yeah, of, right. keep up to date with. Um, it. One of the uh, is uh, this guy called Scott Anselman. And in his um, office at home, he's actually got a full MAME cabinet that he's built. It's got a full PC inside it, and it's got a couple of uh, arcade sticks sort of thing. And, you know, that's really cool. And I kept telling Squidgy about it. I was like, Squidgy, you need to pay attention to this. It's really cool. And uh, there was, um, you can get a kit that is essentially an arcade stick. And you insert, it's, uh, sorry, two arcade sticks in one box. You insert a Raspberry Pi into that kit and then you run an HDMI cable from that kit out to your TV and you have basically a mobile MAME station. It almost sounds like the reverse of American Pie. You're inserting uh, a Raspberry Pi into something else (laughs) as opposed to inserting something into a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and and I mean, we've said it a few times already, but for the folks who listen to this and maybe don't know what a Raspberry Pi is, it is essentially a credit card sized, sized computer. It's a single circuit board, and it has a bunch of uh, USB. It's got the latest one has four USB ports, a Ethernet port. What's the model are they onto these days? Three, three B. Yeah, three B plus. plus is what you've so got. I've got the three Bs because what's that? The, is it the actual third iteration or is it yeah, like the fifteenth? Well, yeah. But because well, of all the iterations well, have gone through in they've, between, they've had. <clears throat> it's essentially they've got the model one, two, and three, and then within those they've got Mark A and Mark B. So these have been hardware improvements. I think we're nearly what ten years since it launched, nearly already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the the Raspberry Pi was designed to bring actual computers mm. like the the bare boards and yeah. learning to program and building stuff for them. Back into the classroom for high schools, mm-hmm. um, junior schools, primary schools, whatever you want to call it. Because I know, especially uh, there's there's because when they were first coming out, I was following it and what people were doing. A certain amount of schools, I can't remember where it was, but they've done their computer usage, like computer labs, completely out of Raspberry Pis. But anyway, go ahead, you, yeah. and that's, anyway, that's just all the way back round to. So someone's building an arcade cabinet. Yeah, so I was, yeah. I, was <laughs> I, I always wanted a, a miniature arcade cabinet because I I love love love. Um, arcades, like coin-operated arcades, going there, chucking in your money. The original microtransaction, you know, I might add. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. they are because it, it, you know, you you would spend five or six quid on one game, not getting anywhere near the end, and you think, oh, it's money well done, but you won't pay like fifty p to two pound for a skin. Yeah, but I suppose the difference is you're getting something out of it. You Memories. Mean, yeah, exactly. memories. And yeah, you mean you get no, but you get the experience. Yeah, you know, microtransaction in. To, to me, that's memories. Yeah, and a microtransaction in a modern video game is all about selling you something that's already part of the experience, but like unlocking it for you, I guess. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of like coin-operated arcade machines, and I always thought, could I get one in the corner? But then I thought, I wanted different games, and that's a lot of room I just don't have. So I came up with this harebrained scheme of making a miniature arcade cabinet. 
And at that point, the Progman sort of said to me, well, you could use a Raspberry Pi. And this was like a couple of years ago. So you had a Raspberry Pi 2. So it was powerful. It was powerful enough to play some emulators, but not all of them. And I sort of, I was trying to make plans for that, how I'd build it and stuff. And I'm, I'm not very good with like building things. So there was certain people I could ask for help if I gave them the plans and we sort of come up, come up with it. And it was sort of on the back burner for a bit. And then he sent me a, a link to a, a website called GitHub. And was it GitHub? Anyway. And, and then it, he sent me another link to uh, the Raspberry Pi hub where, where they sell Raspberry Pis and you can get like bundles and stuff. And he sent me a link to this, um, this page and it's, it's the, the casing and everything you'd need to make an arcade cabinet, but you have to get the Raspberry Pi separately. And I saw it and he said, is, it, is this anything, is this any good for you? And then I sent him sort of like a screenshot of an email, me having just bought that and a Raspberry Pi and the plug to go with it. Um, because I read in the description, you get everything apart from the Raspberry Pi and the plug. So, you know, fast forward a couple of days later because I ordered next day delivery on a weekend after it wouldn't be next day. So it was like Monday, they, they sent it out. And on a Tuesday, I got it. And I, uh, who's, who does like behind the scenes of the show. Maybe. He, um, he came around and it got delivered. And we, we finished what we were doing at that point. We, we, we went to my, uh, my front room, cleared the desk and, uh, cleared the table in the front room. And we proceeded to build the damn thing. And it took us five and a half hours because in my excitement to build it, I didn't realize that the, the web page that I got linked to gave me a link to not only instructions, but a video how to put the whole thing together, which I didn't look at. And there was also videos on YouTube, which I didn't look at. So it took five and a half hours to me for me to figure out how to put it all together with Ike's help. Also, the, the, the biggest pain for that was he, he was he was trying to help me and I almost made some really bad mistakes. And there was, you had a lot of wires, you had to daisy chain for like the, the power and the, the earth. So I was trying to figure that out. I didn't have a screwdriver because it was a circuit board. We had to screw it in. So sort of like stereo cables where you put it in, you screw yeah, it in, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I got about halfway through doing that and I went, hang on, I found some at what? We, 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 we casted it to the, the big screen in, in, in the main room and it was video step by step how to do it. So mm-hmm. I got halfway through it and realized, yeah, I kind of need this because what came up after that, I didn't have a clue. So we watched it from the beginning mm-hmm. and I realized that half the stuff that I've already done was good. Half of it was crap. So I had to go back, partially dismantle, partially do stuff. And then we found out it was a video from two years ago. <laughs> and he was very hands-on. And he didn't realise that certain parts of especially the circuit board and the Raspberry Pi, you're not supposed to touch because it's circuitry. You're supposed to hold your, your fingers at the end of it. To be fair, it's and, pretty well shaped. And, and it's a pretty well thing. But you're talking to a guy who, when he got trained how to make PCs properly and stuff, you would we were told, do not touch a circuitry under any circumstance. Always hold it by the edges. Yeah. You know, use screwdrivers that aren't magnetically yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you know, so so we got like halfway through and then we were following him and pausing it every so often so Ike was hitting the pause button helping me. We had lights and stuff and it was kinda of fiddly. And there's lots of screws. Um I I will honestly say that I got half of the circuit board for the controller. Yes. For the the six buttons and the the the, the thingy, the um, joystick. The joystick. I got half of that right and half of it wrong. That's all right. So it's your first time. 
So that that was going on no instructions either because I was too busy trying to break into it and do you stuff. Were so so I was excited good to get together. Yeah. So I finally got that sorted. We finally got it done, and um, we we got the screen on. And it wasn't it wasn't one of those where you can get like a, a, a you know where you can get the ones where you have like an iPad and you put it in and you get you get buttons yeah. and it does it. It was I got the screen and I had to fully plug it and integrate it in and what have you. And there was lots of cables and stuff. And I've taken pictures. It's going to go up on a blog post. Um, what I'd like, if it's okay with you, Squidgy, is maybe mm-hmm. one or two photos to put in the show notes for this episode, if that's all right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So I got so far into it, and then there was a screen. The screen, unfortunately, is a little bit down. So you could go well, in and yeah, I, 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 I could shuffle it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to partially take it apart, but it doesn't matter. So that's a little bit down. Um, I, I noticed that when I, when I tried to get it running... <laughs> And I had to talk to you over Hangouts, yes. and I was trying to type, and I could barely see what I was typing. I had to really lean in. Yes. Um, but to go back, it's an, it was an actual eight-inch screen, and it gave you like a black border for the ramp for around it. Yes. And um, I managed to get all that done. And the only problem I had that I fixed later on was it it gave you like an audio cable that went into the. Um, the circuit board for all the inputs that went into the back of went into the Raspberry Pi. Yes. And the Raspberry Pi kicked that out to the speakers that were at the side. Yes. And especially uh, from that, from the, the monitor as well, because it's HDMI. And I hadn't clicked it into the circuit board properly. Oh. So when I was trying to get you to help me to get, get it going. Yes. It was really making these horrible contact noises. And I sort of figured out, I, I had to put my hand right in and I clicked it in because it wasn't all the way in and then it stopped. Yes. But building it took five and a half hours. It wasn't a problem. I was, I had the back door open with the Raspberry Pi dangling, all things plugged in because I didn't want to put it in place yes. until I had everything sorted. And the problem I had originally was it couldn't detect what country I was in. Because oh yeah, so yeah, so um, the Raspberry Pi three B plus, which is what you have in your RetroPie kit, has Bluetooth five, like Bluetooth five enabled or something like that. Mm. And one of the things you have to do is you have to drop out into the settings, like the the Linux kernel settings, and tell it which country you're in, so that it knows which frequencies it's allowed to use. So if you connect a Bluetooth controller or a Wi-Fi to it, it knows which frequencies to use, so you're not illegally broadcasting in the wrong frequencies because different countries have different rules and obviously me not knowing a single thing about Raspberry Pis <laughs> it loaded up and it freaked out so yes. I instantly went dude what am I doing <laughs> so we eventually got it working and yeah. I got the the firmware for the, the, the actual software for it and an SD card that I got with it plugged that in and you taught me how, how to get things on it wrong so I'm not going to tell you where I got them from um <laughs> No, to, I mean, you legitimately own these games. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a lot of them. So what you've done is you've used your yeah. computer to legitimately back up like, things like Resident Evil and Tekken mm-hmm. and things like that. You've yeah. legitimately backed up your legitimate yeah. owned So I did that. And that's <laughs> legitimate one more time. Just to really legitimate. 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 You need like, so, a legitimate gong. So I, I got that working, and there's something very satisfying about bashing buttons and moving um, like in an arcade style because I'm a massive fan of arcade sticks yeah. and just have a, a mini arcade cabinet of my own yeah yeah so like <sighs> so the screen is 8 inches I would say it's maybe yeah. so it's about 12 inches tall it's, it's kind of hard to see because I've got it all in back yeah and it's it's designed to look like so cast your mind back to the, like the the scenes in Tron and Tron Legacy where you see the standing cabinets mm. it's essentially one of those but it's about a foot tall 
With an eight-inch screen. I mean, my, yeah, my frame of reference is usually the uh, Liu Kang's Mortal Kombat Two fatality. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Where the where the copy the yeah. arcade copy of Mortal yeah. Kombat falls on the other coat. Um. So I've got that. I've got. I'm, I haven't decided what transfers to put on the buttons yet because yeah. you you have you've got like red, blue, and um, yellow buttons. Yes. And the the way the guy put them on the on the, the video, I did the reverse because ah. it looked better. But you get a load of transfers for the buttons. Yes. And I've sort of undecided, and I've I've I was undecided for a while, and I figured out what I'm going to do. The top buttons. Yeah. The top row buttons. Yeah. Are going to be. Low punch, mid punch, and high punch. <laughs> and the bottom ones are going to be the kicks. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously, if you, once you when you first put it in, you've got to set them up in a certain way so you can go through the menus. Yeah. But I, I kind of know how that works now. But um, most of the games that I've got on there sort of like beat them ups and stuff. Yeah. So I figure they're going to be conf- configured to those buttons anyway. Yeah. Um, but I was I was very surprised that um, it can it can run like uh, PlayStation emulators. It can uh, it's got a Saturn emulator. It can do Dreamcast as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, apart from a little jittery bit when I was playing uh, Tekken Three on it, where it sort of had to speed itself up to get it up to speed. It's flawless. Um, there's a lot of clicking, which I'm very happy. With. It's just, just yeah. the sounds because yeah. they're mechanical buttons, aren't they? They the, are mechanical buttons. The actual buttons, yeah. action buttons, yeah. Like in an actual arcade, they are mechanical. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not they're lit not... up. I'm, I'm not bothered about them being lit up. Uh, so, I, I, so doing research on the cabinet, I wanted you could get like light up buttons. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you could easily modify it to do that. That's yeah. not a problem. But it's super flashy. Yeah. yeah. So you've got like six buttons on the top, and then you've there's a control stick, and then you've got two sets of two buttons at the side. Yes. And two at the front, and I've yeah. got them for start and select. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the select ones got I put coin on it. Yeah. <laughs> the ones on the left are actually dedicated to volume up and down, oh, that's straight cool. to the straight yeah, to yeah. the circuit board. The ones on the right I haven't done anything with yet. I'm going to try and do it for like uh, escaping out of the emulator or maybe um, I don't know pushing like start or whatever. So one of the things I just want to really point out is that you are a Resident Evil dude, right? <laughs> I don't think. Maybe aside from the 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 version of the OG Resident Evil on the Game Boy, and maybe the Resident Evil Two on the Tiger Com or the Game Com, I don't think there's a Resident Evil game you haven't played. Have you not played Gaiden? No, yeah. he loves Gaiden. It's That's what I thought. Yeah, no, no, I, no. So the the one I'm thinking of, the Game Boy Color game, there was a it was, it was prototype a... of the very first Resident Evil. Oh, game. but it was never commercially released, it was, was never, it? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's but there's there's like ROMs floating about. Yeah, yeah. You know, people who've and, and there was like a um, um, proof of concept version Ooh. of Resident Evil Two for the Game Boy Advance, which I've seen. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't an actual game, but it was like a proof. We could pause. Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to the Resident Evil, yeah, yeah, it's it's something that I've wanted. It's there. This is the thing, right? And I mean, I'm not detracting from the folks who put this effort in, but there are folks who go around to the retro events that we've all been to, and they sell these kits pre-built, and they are beautiful because they've done their own artwork. Because it's all like like green plexiglass and got lights inside. It's essentially the same thing, except there's two arcade sticks instead of one. So yours has got one. There's lighter buttons as well. And yeah, but it's it's essentially the same kit. And a flashy with a little bit more effort, flashy UI as well. Yeah, and and a slightly different UI. And they're selling them for two hundred, three hundred pounds. Three hundred pound minimum. Yeah, right. So what what I'm saying to you is, you've done you've created something that is essentially worth the same amount, you know, and 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 how little effort it took for you to actually do that, you know. It's definitely a lot of fun um, making it, considering that. um, I mean, for me, when it comes to anything tech related, not the programming side, but building it. I find it a bit of a challenge because I I know how to do 
put PCs together and stuff. Yeah. And and the Windows thing. But it was just something different. Plugging yeah. it all in, daisy chaining the wires and stuff. There is, there is a, a wonderful sense of achievement when you, when you push the power button and everything just fires up and it just works. Mm. You know, there is that. One. I yeah. mean, we've all done it. All three of us have done it around this, 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 this table, this, mic- this microphone. Yeah. You know, building your own computer yeah. is a wonderful first step. You know, but, but, but then after you've done it a few times, buying a pre-made one so much easier. The, re- the relief a, when you know you don't have to buy, mess around. A, a bare bones rig is yeah. just so much easier. Yeah, yeah, it is. But like the first time that you, um, there's a wonderful uh, bit with Terry Crews where he yes. talks yeah. about like he bought all of the bits. He'd, he'd done a Facebook live session and he was like, I want to build a computer with me, with, with, with my, with my son. So I'm going to buy some bits. And he asked his followers on Twitter uh, to advise him on the best parts and everything else. Exactly. Right. And then he did this Facebook live session that was two or three hours long where he was like, right, I think I know how to do this. If I put it in this way, is it going to work? If I put this in like this, is it going to work? And he had instant feedback from his fans. And then he said the the sense of achievement he got, mm. even though he had help all the way through it, the sense of achievement he physically put the pieces in, and he pushed the button, and it came to life. Mm. And you can't beat that. You can't beat that sense of achievement of creating something. Yeah, it's alive. Exactly right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, that was definitely a nice sense of achievement. Yeah. Obviously, I said that me and Ike did it, and he's a very behind the scenes guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a big fan of being on the podcast, like, but he stopped me doing some. Uh, uh, Definitely a few very <laughs> daft mistakes that could have been That's disastrous. Right. But the whole point of it is it's a very flashy, very good-looking arcade unit. And once I finally had everything done, you screw the Raspberry Pi to the back door. Yeah. And that's it. That's okay. it. It's it's like the second smallest easy easy bit. <laughs> Sorry, phrasing. It's, it's, so it's, to it's, say it. It's the You're second smallest the component door, right? of the entire build. And yes. you just... You just it's just there. Stick it on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, um, get your mind out of the gut. Lad of Darkness. Yes. Um, Mr. Wimblebottom oh, yeah. himself. He was playing Battle Arena Soshi. You just call it. him Lad of Darkness. Yeah. That's one of his names. Yeah. One of his, one one of his, his steam names. I thought, I thought it was Lord of Darkness. No, no, Lad of Darkness. Yeah, that one, one, one of his, you, know, you know, you have like different names. I think, do you know what? I think I've always read that he's Lord of Darkness because my brain's like automatically switched yeah. to the... But you actually read it sometimes as Lad of Darkness. It's one of his things like... Very like fresh. Like Secret Satan, you know, around Christmas. Yeah, like yeah, Secret Satan. Um, but yeah, he was on it. I put him on Battle Arena Toshiden, and he said he was a, an absolute expert, and he was doing that and showing that. Exactly. Yeah. So we had that going. He was, he was quite fun and impressive. Do you know what? I think it could be really cool to have that set up and... Like a bunch of us come together and we just play a bunch of stupid video games. Well, there's there's a reason I haven't got. Like I tried to get Mortal Kombat three working. When you go into the game before you do it, you've got to launch it with certain settings. I haven't figured out which one oh, it is yet. Yeah, but we I've can, got, we can put I've our got, heads together and figure I've got like Battle Arena, Soshin, Mortal Kombat three. I'm gonna stick Soul Blade, the Soul Edge, Soul Blade. So well, yeah. Uh, Soul, Soul Edge was the first one, wasn't it? Soul Blade in the UK, Soul Edge. Yes. Yeah, so else. I've 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 got Soul Blade and Soul Edge upstairs. I'm yes. tempted to put the Japanese one on. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna stick that on there. I've got Tekken two, Tekken three. Um, basically a lot of fighting games but I'm going to put a lot, basically the games where it doesn't use a lot of shoulder buttons yes yes because I've, I've got six buttons yeah, of course, and I'm, yeah I'm limited but like fighting games are good for that games like um, action adventures like Crash Bandicoot or Pandemonium that kind of thing yeah um, I'm going to stick a lot of them on there um, my, my sort of thought is, is at one point if I get a lot of friends around we can go on a fighting game which is tag team out pair round that could totally work so, yeah. another game I would advise getting on there just because it is mental and fun um, is Bishop Bashley special? 
a hyper bishy bashy championship. I can give it a go, yeah. Because I know that's, that's kind of like, it's like WarioWare skip. Yes, it's kind of like mini games with a very weird Japanese uh, mm. slant to it, and it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very good yeah. fun. <laughs> so let, let me uh, let me take the reins here for a second. What have you been playing? So I've been working on stuff for my GPD. I rebuilt the library for that. There's a blog post that's gone out. Um, as we're recording this, uh, several hours ago today, I'll put a link in the, in the I show think notes. I told me mine as it's well. The, it's, it's all about the GPD. GPD XD is a wonderful piece of equipment. But have you, have you seen one of these? Uh, not sure. Did, did I didn't wear it. So essentially, for listeners and to help me remember in case we have shown him, it's essentially a Nintendo DS form factored Android tablet. Yes. With one screen on the upper half and no screen on the bottom half. It's got essentially a mixture between the Xbox 360 and a SNES controller in that it's got dual analog sticks up, down, left, right, A, B, X, Y, L1, R1, L2, R2, that kind of thing, L, that bumpers and triggers and all that kind of stuff. And it's a, I mean, it's, it's got a, mine setup, yours will be slightly different, Squidgy, because I've done some stuff to mine. Mine setup to run at 1.8 gigahertz. Wow. With overclocked RAM running at 400 megahertz for the, for the RAM. Um, and it is essentially, a, it's an Android tablet, but it is blooming powerful. Like this thing could play all of the games that your retro pie could play and a little bit more. Like I've been recently playing Metropolis Street Racer, just sitting on, yeah. you know, when, you know, when you can't sleep, you get the GPD out, laying in bed playing Metropolis Street Racer. Right, my thing, I had, um, Two which is which? Just real quick, which is a Dreamcast game. Sorry, mm. I had two particular ROMs on mine. First one was um, Resident Evil Survivor. Yeah, I, I do like. I, I got to a point where when I first got it, I played that in the morning, and because the game, once you know what you're doing, is so short. Yes. What I do is I go on that, I complete it, and then I get up. Yeah, why not? Um, and the other one was there's a, a version of Fancy Star Online. Ah, yeah, the Ives Enhancement Pack. Yeah, yeah. It's if, essentially they've taken the Fancy Star Online two disc. Made a bunch of alterations to it, added an extra difficulty level called Ludicrous Mode, changed like the rates at which items drop and stuff, and then put that out of there. Sorry. But what, what, one of the things it also does is it adds, um, when you play, when you originally played Fantasy Star Online, online on the Dreamcast, it gave you more enemies on screen. Yes. And what it did was it added that to the offline mode, ah. but times it by three in every area. Ooh. So to put that into context, you've played this, haven't you? Yep. Now you can get to like the forest one, uh, the forest dragon at level four if you know what you're doing with yes. any character. Yes, yes. Before I got to forest two. Yes. As a mage, which is the weakest type, which in is the, the weakest, I was level ten. Wow. And that's without restarting. Wow. Because you that's can a... restart forest to re- rejig all the enemies and wow. show up. To, so to that's level a one up. shot through. That's forest one, one shot. That's by the time I got to the end of forest one. And the thing is, the way it works is, if you play as a hunter, it's harder. I can There's imagine. more enemies. Yeah, if yeah. you play as a, a, a mage character yeah, yeah. with a lot of area of attack things, you can yeah. get more of them. Oh, fab. But you got less. I know this is boring hell at you, but yeah, I, I played that a lot on the GPD, and it's yeah. just, it, it, it adds a lot more fun to it, because especially once you get past normal completely, you go to hard. Yeah. It's so, it's just more full on. Yeah, I yeah. can only imagine getting full way to ludicrous mode. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the GPD, it, it did, that was the two games that I beasted on that most. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I carry it around with me for like when I'm on a train or I'm on a commute a journey. If I, because I'll usually read a book or listen to podcasts, and sometimes you just you don't want to do that. You just want to get antsy, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. just want to. You know, if I'm if I'm on a train for two hours, there's only so many podcasts I can listen to. There's only so many 
pages in a book I can read. That's it. I'm getting the GPD out. That's it. Let's race yeah. or kill something. That's yeah. it, right? I'm going to play Super Mario Brothers on the NES or I'm going to, you know, and it's really handy for that. Really, really handy for that. Mm. And it can play, it, essentially, it supports anything from the first generation of video game consoles, so that's the 1970s, all the way up to the sixth, which is essentially 2001. It can't do Xbox or PlayStation 2, but it could do almost everything else up to that. Okay. And it can do well, yeah, GameCube was was part of that generation as well. So it can do anything up to um, the, the sixth generation, seventh generation border. Um, and it can do all the handhelds. It can even do a Nintendo DS, although it's only got one screen, which is weird. Because what, yeah, what you've got to do instead of... So you hold it as if you're playing a Nintendo DS, but you've got to turn your head to the left because it splits the screen in half. Um, from your point of view, vertically, <laughs> which yeah. gets difficult to do. But you know, it can it can handle all of those things, and you know, these, it's loads of fun. I feel like you'd be almost better off like homebrewing a switch. That being said, um, there was a news story this week um, about homebrew to to crack the switch. Oh well, yeah, brick. The, 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 yeah, the irony is it's got a anti piracy thing to brick the uh, to brick the system if you try and copy this pirate system. So it's like, hang on, sir. The people who made the pirate software didn't want their software to be copied, so they put copy protection on it. So, uh, <laughs> to, to, and their idea is to bypass the copy protection of mm. the legit. Hmm, irony. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> a, there's a whole bunch of interesting stories around the switch, like um, the original. Uh, so, the, so the way that that works is that it relies on an exploit um, uh, that is a hardware exploit to do with the CPU and GPU. Um, and because it's a hardware exploit, it cannot be patched out. So until Nintendo released the Nintendo Switch Mark II, which, let's be honest, will happen probably very, very soon, A, because of this, and B, because they like to do that, iterate on the hardware and release new versions yeah. really quickly. Um, until that happens, there is nothing that Nintendo can do to fix this. It was it was that in conjunction with, um, is it Poketokken? Um, you, you needed that. Poken, yeah. Poken Tournament. The Pokemon fighting game. I mean, I mean, I mean, the original exploit is over a year and a half old. Yeah, you know, but this, you, this goes back to almost when the yeah. Nintendo Switch came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, me, me and Ike, especially, he he looks at a lot of things like he likes to um, look into modern old consoles. Yes, and he's he's seen a lot of videos that people have posted, and they have modded and put homebrew on a Switch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not taking off the connect to the internet thing because that would update it, but they'll, they'll put their own thing on there. And he's he's really taken aback by it because what's happened is people have done that and they've put the GameCube version of Fantasy Star Online on there. Exactly. So yeah. they've got a fully portable, very powerful, very reliable handheld playing a game that me and him just love to bits. Well, this, this is why, right? So yeah. um, what happens is... When a console is exploited, it's not originally exploited for piracy reasons. Essentially, if you think about it, I mean, how much? How much did you both either either of you spend to buy your Nintendo Switch? I bought mine at launch, so it was full price. Okay, so okay. Um, not long after, but Black Friday, so I managed to get mine for what's the normal retail price? Two hundred and thirty, I think. Two hundred thirty, two hundred forty, something like that. So I got mine for two hundred. Okay, so you paid two hundred pounds for essentially a touchscreen computer, mm. right? With immense specs. Yeah. Right? It's it very, is very incredibly powerful. like if you wanted to build a I mean you wouldn't be able to build a PC with the same specs because you know they'd be much more powerful. But two hundred pounds for a wonderfully portable 
very powerful computer that is not built around um, a risk architecture, so it can actually do full operations. It's not built on uh, ARM architecture, so it can, it's a full, it's an actual proper processor. Which for hardware people that means a lot. It's got a GPU built into it. It's got um, it's got this ability to cast to a screen and it's built in. You know all of this for relatively almost nothing. There's a certain I don't want to say breed, but there's a certain breed of Linux users who go. I wonder if I can run now. New system, let's challenge. It's more a case of I have this free software that can essentially run on anything with very little effort. What do I need to do to get it installed? And you'll get people who band together just to try and get... And then it's a challenge. Well, yeah, because then once you've done that, you've then got this incredibly powerful machine running an operating system with almost no overhead, and it's immensely portable. That's subs- why they do it. And then, yeah. and then what happens is the people who are interested in writing their own software for it, the homebrew community, come along and go, oh, fab, I've got this tool chain that allow me to port my mm. desktop game to whatever operating system I want. It's running Linux. I just need to change it slightly to make yeah. it work on this device. Wallop, there's my game. Brilliant. Everyone could play it on their mobile device. Yeah. And then what happens is the pirates come along and go, well, if you could do that, that's got all of the hardware required to read the cartridges. So I'll put cartridge in, dump it to the disk as raw data, throw it out on the internet, and someone else will figure out how to boot it. Yeah. I don't have to, and then someone else can, And it's like this chain of stuff. So yeah. initially exploiting it is not... I mean, it is, it, it, is, it is technically illegal, but the, until dumping the contents of a cartridge happens, you're not pirating anything. But it's because it's this immensely powerful thing. And that's, that what, that's what drives people. It's, it's not intentional, is it? The, yeah, exactly. the, the original the, the original <laughs> idea of it's a challenge, can we stick it on there? It's not intended to, let's, let's just make a gateway for pirates. It's just, there's, there's, no, there's no malice there. Yeah, it's exactly. just, can we do it? Yeah. I mean, just to put it into context, um, anyone who's played either... The 2016 Doom or Wolfenstein, the new one, because it's the second one on Switch. Yeah, Wolfenstein Wolfenstein 2 and Doom are available on the Switch. Yes. How how awesome, sleek, and pretty are those games? It's on a handheld. Exactly. I just think of the, the, I mean, it doesn't translate well because it doesn't work like this, but think of the specs required to run those games on a relatively powerful laptop. I mean, yeah, you've got the overhead of Windows sitting there. Yeah. And I keep mentioning Windows in a slightly bad context. I don't mean to, but Windows is quite big. Yeah. And it uses a lot of stuff. And you've got your game, and then there's the libraries that are set. So there's a lot given, of stuff required. Given that, even with sound on, and especially if you're playing online with things like Doom, if you're playing a game like Doom or Wolfenstein 2 on the Switch... It's you're gonna get if especially if you're doing it portable, you're gonna get less battery life because yeah, it's well, it's, yeah. it's a more intense game but, yeah. than if you're playing something like I don't know West of Loathing or um, Knights of Pen and Paper. Of course, you know the the smaller, more indie titles. Yeah. But it is it is incredibly powerful for what it is. Yeah. If other companies, game companies, take a leaf out of Nintendo's book of how, not the specifics of what they've done, but how they went about it and how they made it, I can see handhelds making one hell of a comeback. I mean, we mentioned this last time when we talked about the Switch, but this is what Nintendo do. Yeah. Nintendo don't um, create the greatest piece of hardware in the world. Like, they don't... Cre- well, okay, uh, that's probably not the right way to put it. They don't create a device... Like, you look at uh, PlayStation 4 Xbox, right? They have been fighting for a long time 
uh, during development until they got the release for the maximum amount of CPU cycles, the maximum amount of RAM, the maximum amount of pixels on screen, polygons on screen, all this kind of as much throughput through the system, reduce all the latency to make it as fast as possible, to make it as beautiful as possible, to give you to give the developers the chance to make the most beautiful games ever. And Nintendo have gone, that's fine, but you've just wasted billions and billions, well not wasted, but you've just spent billions and billions and billions of dollars you're not going to see back for four or five years. Why don't we just take what we've already built, make it smaller, give it a really cool new thing, and then come up with loads of other ideas and release that. And then, so that's why we have the Switch. It, it is the combination of a Nintendo Wii or maybe a Wii. It's the evolution of a Wii. The, mm. the GameCube happened. The Wii was essentially GameCube Plus. Mm. The Wii U was the Wii, which was a game GameCube Plus. With a game with pad, the Wii Plus. <laughs> the yeah, Wii Plus it yeah. was a Wii Plus, which was the GameCube Plus with a screen that you could walk around and play somewhere else. And then along came the Switch, which was then, why don't we take all of that process and put it in the screen, and then you could put it on the TV if you want, or put it in your hands. It's just Nintendo's way of refining an idea exactly. until yeah. they get to if, the point if, where they if add it. If it ain't broke, which, don't fix it, just add to it. Which they'd already done with the handhelds, yeah. you know, from the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance to the DS to, to the, the 3DS. To the very popular 3DS. Yeah. 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 Because, because Nintendo want to ship experiences, yeah. whereas Sony and Microsoft want to ship a machine that does it all. An entertainment system, not yeah. a games machine, which yeah. really annoys which, me. Which is fair enough. Like and that's fair enough. But that's that's why they've done that. And that's why it's... That's why I'd just like to add, B was smiling a second ago, considering what we said at the start. Welcome to the Switch podcast. I was going to say, I, I <laughs> But now, this, is, this isn't 40 minutes. I now feel like I've become your official Switch correspondent. So, uh, but I, <laughs> yeah. come on. But this isn't 40 you know minutes get... banging on about... Breath of the Wild. But whenever you have me on, you know you're going to get a Nintendo Switch special. You but know. that's fine. That's not a <laughs> so I've been so I've been playing GPD stuff. Mm. I've been playing like a Metropolis Street Racer on my GPD, which is essentially a Dreamcast game, and that runs flawlessly. Mm. And the GPD has the option to go into widescreen mode, which is a wonderful mod for uh, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast was originally four by three, but it has the ability that's it's locked from the the graphics hardware like the adapter to the graphics hardware out so you would have a 4x3 image and then, was, was was that software or hardware locked uh, it, well I, th- I mean it wasn't there for the VGA boxes so I don't know but oh. yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that we could ask some Dreamcast expert um, and they would tell us but yeah so widescreen mod so that's wonderful because then your your games are literally wider. It's a more cinematic experience. So I've been playing that, been playing a bit of Shenmue, a little bit of Fancy Star, um, and then when I then thought, well, why don't I play? Uh, I've got a real time strategy itch. I want to scratch from a few episodes ago where Chief said he'd come on and then do a real time strategy response to your Sega Saturn mm-hmm. list. Yeah. And so I started playing Commander Gogger. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I know a really easy way to play that game as well. I'll, you know, I'll unable to comply second. building in progress, you know. So we started doing that. And then that led me down this path of, so uh, I've mentioned it a few times, I run Ubuntu on my computer, which is not Windows, essentially. So that means for video games, I'm stuck with playing the emulators, which is fine because I, I like the older games mm. because they're easier to pick up a play. Yeah. You know, you, Mario, you're in. You play a level, I'm done, you switch it off. Because uh, these days I'm a bit more of a casual gamer. I do I do sit down and play games for hours and hours and hours and hours, but day to day it's more a case of I'll play a game for a minute or two. Yeah, it's like two pick minutes, up and play, really. Five yeah. minutes and then Wait, drop when you got spare time. Yeah. When I do get to do it, I want to be able to pick up a play. You yeah. know, if I had a PS4 or an Xbox, 
and I wanted to pick up and play, regardless of whether I had pick up and play games, I'd have to wait four hours for it to update every time I switch it up. Well, it's not Be- that bad, but yeah. No, but only because I don't play so often, so yeah. I would have to wait four hours yeah. for it to update. Yeah. So that's my problem. So I do I do enjoy playing these older games, you know, with the mm. retro but that playing Command and Conquer led me down a route of looking into the open source versions of older games. I, I've recently been playing OpenRA, which is the Red Alert engine, Command and Conquer Red Alert, has been had been open sourced and a bunch of people took that and made it better and added stuff to it. And if you install OpenRA, you can you push a button and it downloads all of the stuff you need to be able to play Command and Conquer, Red Alert, and a whole bunch of community maps and music. And the only thing you don't get is the videos between the levels. Mm. Tiberian Sun, I think, now, right? Yeah, yeah, and Tiberian Sun, yeah. But you don't get the you don't get the videos between the levels. But you have you, to have the discs. But I've got the discs upstairs, so I could take them. But and then... it's, it's not just that though. You could just go on YouTube. And I'm just going to say, yeah, I, I, I could, could go on YouTube and watch I it. Totally I just, could. Did you know the easiest way to cheese the enemy? But you had the fog of war, and you had, and it was usually. Your base, or an area to do with your base, a bit in the middle, which was your Tiberium, and then their base on a diagonal map. And you would always find that you had your harvesters and they'd have their harvesters, and it was basically just a race to who could get the best units and then invade. If you built two harvesters to begin with, you sent one out to harvest and you explored with the other one, and you told your harvester to follow theirs because it wasn't in an area by itself, it'd never pick anything up. So they wouldn't get their resource. You build up all your resource and just did. Oh, okay, fair enough. I learned that one off uh, off G. That one. That was. You know when you think I struggled so much, and then if I'd have done that, oh, I could have. You know. Fair enough. <clears throat> but that led me down a, a path of looking into these open source because these are all they're, they're open source, so they're cross platform, Windows, Linux, Mac, um, and they are. Essentially, either the engine has been abandoned or somebody's re-implemented the engine and rewritten it by looking at the game files and how they work. Um, so there's OpenRA, there's a version of uh, Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of them. It should be Doom, because I'm not Doom with yes. it. So quick. what's great about id Software is... When when they've decided we've made enough money with this game, they open source the software. They pass the software out and oh, say nice. someone else can use it for whatever. So you can go to there's a website called GitHub where a lot of people put their code up there for free. Now owned by Microsoft. Yep. You go to github.com slash ID and they've got all of the code for all of the games they've ever made that are no longer commercially viable for them. So the things that they're not Doom, shipping Commander Keen. Doom, Commander Keen. Uh, I mean, I said that they are still shipping Doom. <laughs> I, I should know more. That was the first pack I bought on Steam. Yeah. I need to pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Uh, and I mean, you could download the source. The source code is useless without the files for the game. Yeah. So yeah. you need to legitimately own a copy of the game. Mm. But you could push a few buttons, and you've got Doom Three running on this laptop that we're recording on, or yeah. on the machine I run at home, which is not a Windows machine. Mm. And that's I love id Software because their software is so well written. Because John Carmack is a bloody genius. What a dude. He really is. But that's just my personal. So that led me down a, a path of learning about all of these open source games. And I've been playing a lot, a lot of Commander Conquer. Like, I'll, uh, one of the things that OpenRA lets you do is play the levels in whatever order you want. Mm-hmm. Play the missions in whatever order you want. Or you can start a skirmish against the CPU. And I pick the largest map possible. Yeah. And the, put the CPU on the other end, yeah. and I just sit there for hours. Just build up a base, build up a huge army. It's, it's nice slowly to slowly march towards. It's, it's, it's nice to have that that cloud of red. Or oh, when I play as the good guys, the the bees nest. 
just yeah. getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> but coincidentally, the only Command and Conquer game I can actually play and get any far- further in, because I'm no good at them type of games, is it has to be the Saturn version, mm. the first one. It's the only game I can play, and this is before I knew about the Harvester trick. It's the only game, the only Command and Conquer game I can actually play. I've tried all of them. Mm-hmm. Really, and I just can't get behind any of them apart from the first. That's right. It's funny as someone who doesn't particularly enjoy stealth games, that um, my probably my favourite missions in Red Alert series are the ones where you're controlling just um, Tanya or yeah. Yeah, just the commando unit. Um, and you're having to kind of infiltrate and like sneak around the dogs because mm. it's just so satisfying when you see the dogs like going one direction. You're just like, and you just nip across. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> see you later. Yeah. Throw it in the C4 into the base. You too. Boom. Yeah. Bye bye. Running yeah. away. Yeah. Ooh, what was that? I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I've been I've been playing all of those. I think I've really been playing much else recently. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, it's been a weird time. I mean, E3 has just happened as yeah. we're recording. Um, well, it happened about two two weeks ago as we're recording. So we're in that sort of limbo period where there's not a lot new released and supposedly catch up on your backlog. But of course, I mean, met- uh, metaphorically, no. In theory, it's it's summer, so you're kind of trying to go out more. But I mean, we don't we don't generally do that, regardless. I mean, that is a bit. Yeah. But I mean, as we speak, it is a really nice sunny day, and we're stuck inside. We're in the middle of a heat wave at the moment. Yeah. Stuck, well, we're better off inside because it's too bloody warm. Exactly, we're in the middle of a heat yeah. wave. Plus, plus, it's because it's that time of year where you get the summer drought anyway. Exactly. Quite, quite literally. Well, that's I mean, it's, it's supposed yeah. to be the quiet season, and yet just this week um, on the Switch, for example, you've got Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, you've had Lou Mines remastered. You've got Wolfenstein 2, you've got Mario Tennis Aces, um, Near Automata, that came out. Near Automata on Xbox, you've got, I'm sure there's been a couple of releases on, um, I know Jurassic Park Evolution yeah. came out about two weeks ago, but you could still count that in this supposedly quiet period. Mm. We're getting all these games, and there's, there's some really interesting things happening with, with the release dates recently. It's, it's not just that, there's, um, I don't know if it's this week or next week. You've got, um, is it Captain Toad? You have got the Switch and the Captain 3DS. Toad releasing next week, that, I think. That, I haven't actually played that on the Wii U, but I'm tempted to get it for the Switch. You've also, it does look good. You've also got Sonic Mania Plus releasing in yes. the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm um, very excited about that. Which is the additional content for Sonic Mania if you already own it or Bring a completely back classic cameras, new uh, cameras, set. Yeah, and two new characters yeah. because everyone loves those. Sonic. Well, side is, if, if if you if you're heavy into Sonic, especially like Ike is, as soon as he found out, he was he was chomping at the bit to get all that DLC. And it's interesting. I mean, what I was saying about these release dates because usually you kind of get them all squidging up to each other in like October, November. Squidging. Now right. it should be worth noting that this year we are going to have Red Dead Redemption Two. Theoretically, it doesn't get delayed anymore released at the end of October. Uh-huh. So a lot of games are kind of going, get out of the effing way, <laughs> very quickly, because it's Rockstar, it's a GTA game, it is going to absolutely sell bucket loads no matter what happens. I mean, it could literally, I'm pretty sure it could literally be reviewed as the worst game ever. And, and it would still sell. still sell at number one. So everyone is wisely moving on. Even Battlefield, even Call of Duty have moved their release dates one way or the other because of... Seemingly because of, um, I was going to say Resident Evil, sorry, um, Red Dead Redemption. So, for example, in January of next year, again, supposedly a quiet period, and in the same week we're going to have the Resident Evil 2 remake and Kingdom Hearts 3. Resident Evil 2 on the 25th, Kingdom Hearts 
uh, three on the 29th. I can't be my birthday if anyone wants to buy me a present. There's a hint out of the way six months early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I came on the podcast to if, do, is if, give a birthday gift. If we let you list. out the dungeon again. Well, there is that too. Here's my thing, right, about Kingdom Hearts 3. Hmm. It's not Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> by, by my latest account, it's, it's the ninth Hearts game in the series. 497. It's, it's literally the ninth game in the series. I was yeah. going to say it's ninth. Yeah, yeah, but it it's the third main game, obviously. If you're trying to decipher the lore of Kingdom Hearts, just don't. don't. If you're tra- yeah, if you're trying to figure out how Square Enix titles games, just don't. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> there, there are. I have seen videos on YouTube that give you the the story of it, and the way to get the proper story of it is to weirdly sounding is to play them in order of release. Mm-hmm. Even though if you put them in the order that you think they're in, it's wrong. You have to play it in release, so you have to learn someone's backstory and then introduce to someone. And four it's games later, you told you told about the person you just introduced to. It is a minefield. However, it's a really really in depth story. They put a lot of effort into it because what Square always do. But it's you've got to have played absolutely every single one of them, including the Japan only mobile games, mm. to understand the that's where story. That, that's where going online understand. and get an explanation. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's like I say, it's it's so with like Kingdom Hearts, um, you've got messing with the timelines as well. So you've got such a, a weird sort of uh, thing to keep up, but. Again, just back to the to the release Sorry. dates thing. The only thing going up against Red Dead Redemption Two essentially is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. No. Because let's be honest, Pokemon saw Red Dead and goes, "Fuck you, we're not scared." <laughs> That's about the <laughs> only thing that could possibly go against that juggernaut. But yeah, it does mean we're, we're having a, a lovely spread of games throughout the year. It's, I mean, we're still sort of clumped in certain sections. We are still we getting to, these yeah. clumps. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. And you've got to admit these clumps and that, like the kind of they're not good for those of us with heavy backlogs, like myself. Who yeah, has, not good I mean, <laughs> get in line, dude. <laughs> exactly, our backlogs collectively, I think, are absolutely monumental. I bought Horizon Zero Dawn with a PlayStation Four when Horizon Zero Dawn launched um, a year ago, year and a half ago now. Um, I bought the DLC for it. I have not finished it at all. I'm like shameful. I, I am so far. I've got so many games that I start and don't get to finish. But in theory, this release date staggering should be more helpful. But I guess I never get around to going to a backlog because a, a few weeks later, then another game comes out that I'm like, shall I want to try it? And obviously, with the nature of my job being um, a games journalist working in the games industry, uh, writing and stuff, you kind of have to keep on top of things and you do sort of have to, to, to keep ahead. But by the same token, I do have awfully bad retention of keeping of keeping I, I, sticking I think, to a certain games unless they really hold I, I, me. I think it. especially for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, B, but especially for me, there was a there was a, a picture that I saw and it was an internet meme, and it's you know that picture where there's um, a couple walking down the street and the guy's turning to look at something and there's a woman walking the other way, and it's basically my attention. Brand new games, the one yeah, that's next to him, and games I've played five times before, and he's turning to look at. That's mm-hmm. my problem. I think, right, I'm going to start this new game. It's going to be an epic journey, and then, especially for me, I go, oh, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll just do ten, fifteen turns into three, four hours on Diablo three. You know, whereas, it's one of those things that you, you just, it just happens. Whereas for yeah. me, it's a, it's a literal technical limitation. You know, because I've chosen to to run. Yeah. A, a Linux distribution mm. rather than Windows, and that's essentially because I had problems with with Windows, and that's more 
Like it's more something to do with the hardware configuration of my PC. Oh, you've got when them I one have, in a million, haven't you? Yeah, when yeah. I have the chance, I'll go through it and sort out what needs to be sorted mm-hmm. out. And I'll maybe, and, and yeah, I'll go back to Windows when I want and maybe dual boot because I really like how fast Ubuntu is because I've been tweaking it and, I've, and it's really easy to tweak it and make it a lot smaller and make it run faster. Uh, it's a lot easier to do that with Ubuntu than it is to do with Windows. That's not to say that Windows you can't make faster and, and smaller, but it's easier. It seems to be more it's, fiddly in Windows. Now. It's easier and more stable because as soon as a Windows update comes out, we, I've had this changes um, everything. I've had this where I work. What's happened is Microsoft have moved to this really, and it's a really good, really good idea of an almost once a month. I think it's called Patch Tuesday. Once a month, release all the updates, and then eventually everyone will be essentially on the same version. It's along the same lines as macOS, except macOS is done every six months to a year. Mm. With Microsoft, it's done pretty much every month. Add new features or fix problems or you know whatever it is that they do every month. But the problem is, with certain parts of the system, it undoes whatever changes you've made, which is fair enough because they want to make sure that, you know, it's got to be a base level and then you can reapply your... your it's kind of like you're fighting a losing battle, yeah. keeping changing it all the way Exactly, back. right? So you've just got to keep... So for me, I have this script that I run that sets everything up and then I've just got to remember to rerun that every month after all of the updates have been done or every week after because I've got a, a Windows 10 machine which is on the insider's build of Windows, which essentially means I get a, fre- a fresh version of Windows every week with the brand new features that they're releasing to the public in the next couple of weeks. So then I could try it out to make sure it works on my machine totally. And that's fair enough. But yeah, so yeah, so I have that technical limitation. But I know that the next one that I want to start, so the next recent-ish game that I want to start is XCOM 2. Yeah. Because it looks like a load of fun. I've recently been watching a lot of um, live streams of it by this fella, Asterios Kokonos. He's one of my favorite American comedians. He's a bit of an indie sort of guy. And he does this, he does this live stream and it looks like a load of fun. Yeah. So that's, that's my goal for the next chunk, the next game that I sit down and sit all the way through. So I just want to bring in something here. Um, I wanted to bring in the previous one. It's a, it's a little bit, oh, I'll say it's a feature, it's not going to take very long, that I want to introduce. So um, recently, Steam have turned on this new feature where you can, because of GDPR, et cetera, et cetera, where you can now see what your total spend is on Steam. No. So you two both have the Steam clients. So no, fun. not doing it. So I want. I think we should tell the people what our total spend is on Steam, if we feel comfortable with that. So that was the end of part one of our discussion with B. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about the games we've recently been playing. We've got a lot more content to come. I to don't s- have to go on. Well, hang, so, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going, B? Sit, oh. sit back down. You're not going anywhere. Come back for the next part where we talk about all sorts of other stuff. We co- cover some slightly controversial topics. So that's a heads up going in. There's a few swears in the final part, but don't worry about that too much. Can that's I go to nice. the toilet first? No. no. Oh. We'll hear for, you'll hear from us in about a week. You'll hear the new episode. Unless you're listening to this as like a cue and you're catching up. Fantastic. Brilliant. Okay.
intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GK. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. See the show notes for more details. <sighs> Too late. You're, you're cleaning that up, I'm not. Get me a bucket. <laughs> Clean up on aisle six. <laughs>